It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. You are Locked On Bengals, your daily Cincinnati Bengals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Bengals fans and welcome to another episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. I'm your host Jake Lisko. He's your host James Rapine joined again today by Joe Goodberry, the godfather as some call him of Bengals NFL draft Twitter. We're brought oh, to you today. Who, who called by, him that? I've seen it. Some. Oh, all right. It's out there. We're brought <laughs> no, to you today not. by Blue Nile. This Mother's Day, Mother's Day coming up on Sunday, May 8th in the near future. For those of you that don't know, give mom something special. She'll tre- treasure forever with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And our listeners will get $50 off $500 purchases using promo code LOCKEDON at checkout. We're part of the Lockdown Podcast Network here at Lockdown Bengals, your team every day, free and available everywhere you get your podcasts and on YouTube. So be sure to hit that subscribe button, that follow button, so we're delivered to your eyes and ears first thing every day. And with that out of the way, Joe, you have put together a seven-round mock draft for the people. And as we've done the last couple of days, we're going to start with you walking through the process you went through to put this together. Yeah, so it's a little bit lengthy to get there, but I'll try and make it quick. The Obviously, we put a board out there. If you follow Jake Lisko and I on Twitter, you've seen it. You should check it out, um, You know, go through all the tabs and look at everything and ask questions because we're free to talk about it and explain and improve our process. But the point is there uh, that we have number grades and we've got scores and we've got production and athletic measurements and athleticism measurements, PFF grades, a whole bunch of stuff to look through. And then I have historical trends for the Bengals at all those positions uh, going back to the early 2000s. Then I've got even more data going back to about 2011 uh, to 2021. And recently, if you heard Marvin Lewis on uh, the podcast with the Athletic Football Show, he talked about how Duke Tobin took a more um, hands-on approach or, or more of a control uh, after 2011. So it's it's interesting that we've got data going from that spot, I think. Anyways, point is, I've got the average player they draft at each each position, especially the ones of need. I, I wanted to make sure we had that there. And then the uh, thresholds. So if they've drafted 25 wide receivers and 22 of them have been over 190 pounds, and really the other three guys uh, are two, and then you got John Ross, two are seventh rounders, and then you got John Ross, who's 188. He's really right there. You can give him a pass. You got a 92% threshold, uh, and that means typically – they want to draft a bigger guy than that. That's why when some of these guys come up, you say, yeah, he might be a little bit smaller than they like to take before day three. So I've got all that information. I've got all that data. And then I used uh, fanspeak.com, which is a mock draft simulator. I wanted to be able to know I can actually get these guys in a simulated scenario. So I had a list of guys that passed the filters and passed the thresholds and seemed like a Bengals pick based on our data at each round. Uh, Jake, I think you did, did a similar thing. Uh, mine was had a few different players than yours, but I, I thought yours was pretty good as well. And I had ideas for where I wanted to target and fill out the draft to get a, a very Bengals-like draft. 
um, guys that surpass the the thresholds and the averages. So I knew I wanted to have an extra fourth or fifth round pick. So I go to fanspeak.com. I picked Arif Hassan from the Athletics Consensus Draft Board, which takes over 60 draft boards and ranks them, and, and you get you spit out you know all the numbers, you know what the consensus is. And I picked for the opposing CPU teams that have random boards so that it mixed it up just a little bit. And from there, I started off, and uh, I, I think I got exactly what I think is going to happen and what I think is most likely and what the Bengals probably hope is going to happen. Pick number one, and I went with uh, Florida corner, Kyer Elam. Look at you. You just you just spoiled it. I was going to be Roger Goodell, and you just spoiled it, Joe. And you you even stumbled. You were like right there on the edge, and you're like, and I went with tip, tip, tip. And then you just dove right in. Kyer Elam. All right, so why did you land on Kyer Elam with the 31st overall pick? And first, and because this part I think is going to be a, a bit quicker, how happy would you be if they landed Kyer Elam on Thursday night? I'd be pretty happy. I think before I said I'd give that probably a B, you know, and depending on how this draft went, because it, it actually Booth went to the Bills. Um, Kyler Gordon went to the Chiefs right before the Bengals. And it was really Kyer Elam or you're waiting around two. And I so at that point, you probably elevate it to I really like this prospect to you got the best player that was available at that position, hands down. And uh, you really, you know, you, you got a gift there that he's still available. So you could probably even elevate elevate that pick to a B plus a minus type of thing. But why he fits, right? So the, the average corner they draft is about 5'11 and a half, okay? Uh, most 88% are 5'11 or, or, or taller. And when you look at what they value, typically, they want productive guys that are decent athletes. The speed doesn't matter as much. It, they First-round guys, they will take the fast guys. But they've also taken Dark West Denard and Drake Kirkpatrick, guys that run 4.5s. That's why I kept Kyler Gordon on there, because I think size-wise, Kyler Gordon fits it perfectly. I think on tape, it reminds me of Leon Hall. I've said that before. But Kyrie Elam, in terms of agility drills and things like that, he nails the average draft pick that they spend. Uh, 10 out of 17 is what I meant to say for speed. 10 out of 17 uh, corners ran slower than a 4-5 for the Bengals. So don't take them off the board completely if, if they are a little bit slower. But in the first round, I think they do want that speed. Elam with a 4-3-9 at the combine. Uh, he comes away with an 86 percentile RAS relative athletic score. The average for the Bengals is a 72 percentile, and his production is really, really high, which is something the Bengals always haven't had a chance to do. They typically get guys that are 60s in that range, Drake Kirkpatrick, Darquez Denard. Uh, when you look at William Jackson, he's a 36 percentile uh, production, which means he probably didn't have the Pro Bowl potential, which is why we probably saw him have really good years, really bad years, because that's how those guys tend to, to fall out. Kyer Elam's got Pro Bowl, if not even a little bit more potential. When you picked Kyer Elam at 31, and you're talking about Pro Bowl potential based on his productivity profile, to right. be clear. But when you picked Kyer Elam at 31, who else tempted you? Who else was there that you were considering? Actually, uh, Logan Hall was gone already because I, I would have considered him. I would consider Travis Jones as well. None of the big guys fell like George Karlaftis or Tyler Linderbaum. They were gone already. Uh, it really was an easy pick. Uh, there was it was it would have been Travis Jones being the number two guy, but it was a pretty big gap there. Not that I don't like Jones, I, I would definitely consider him because I think the, the fall off there at defensive tackle uh, happens pretty quickly, and I think we see that in my next two picks. And follow would up you have, question: Would you have taken Logan Hall? What? No, I'd not over Elam. I wouldn't have. I'd have Elam higher. I do like Logan Hall though. 
Would you have taken, or not would you have taken, will the Bengals draft Tyler Linderbaum if he's available to them? Over an Elam? That's yep. a tough question. Like, I think they probably would over like an Andrew Booth. I, maybe that's me hoping that happens. I think that's much tighter uh, gap there because Elam's a pretty safe prospect for all things other than his last year grading with PFF, you know, and that does have some um, future, you know, indication of how he may play but his previous two years were really good with them so kind of that's a wash or let's just see how it goes i don't know i think they could go elam over over linderbaum they, they could i think if, they could if they, if they went booth over linderbaum oh i think they could do that too i do too i do too that'd be I bad jake i hate it jake and joe it would be if they're comfortable with his medicals, if they have data that we're not privy to on his athleticism. And and those are big ifs. He has a more checkered injury history than I was aware of. But, Joe, you've made some moves in this draft. And we have a lot more picks to talk about. And we just spent, uh, well, our entire first segment on Kyrie Elam. Appropriately so. We had to set up the process. We had to spend some extra time on the first round pick. But a lot more picks to talk about, and we'll continue talking through Joe Goodberry's mock draft coming up next. At BlueNile.com, you can celebrate all of life's special moments from creating the custom engagement ring of her dreams to gifting a classic and timeless jewelry piece, all at prices that you're not going to find at a traditional jeweler because BlueNile.com gives you and specializes in everyday fine jewelry. So whether you're looking for something for your wife, something for Mother's Day. And this Mother's Day, you can give mom something she's going to treasure forever. Maybe it's a bracelet. Maybe it's earrings. Maybe it's that necklace that you've been wanting to get her. Well, you're going to find something that she's going to love at BlueNile.com. So don't delay. Check them out right now, BlueNile.com. And give mom something she's going to love with fine jewelry from BlueNile.com. And Right now, our Locked on Bengals listeners, in honor of Mother's Day and Draft Week, are going to get $50 off their orders of $500 or more with promo code Locked On. That's all you got to do. Go to BlueNile.com, promo code Locked On. Boom. You're going to give mom the best Mother's Day present ever. So, again, go there right now. BlueNile.com, promo code Locked On. Every order is insured, ships free, and arrives in a discreet package. That's not going to give away what's inside. Shop stress-free today. BlueNile.com, promo code locked on. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. A lot more Mock Draft here to go through, Joe Goodberry, and we've got to move. You said you wanted an extra fifth-round pick. What better way to get an extra fifth-round pick? Well, take us through the process. Yeah, so uh, a lot of the guys that I would have liked in that second round spot, um, mainly wanting to address defensive tackle, would have been open to a tight end. Um, Dolchich and McBride were gone. Travis Jones was gone. I would have considered Perry on Winfrey and maybe DeMarvin Leal. Uh, but in this scenario, I was offered a fifth rounder, which I wanted to get an extra either fourth or fifth, depending on how far to move back. It was the Giants moving up for a quarterback, I think it was Sam Howell. 
So I moved back four spots, picked up an extra fifth. And with that pick in the third round now, so no second round pick where the Bengals have been uh, home runner strikeout, you know, over their history, uh, moving into the third round here, I'm getting Josh Pascal, the defensive end lineman from Kentucky. So we got some local fans that will probably be happy with that. And why I picked him is because two things. I think the Bengals could take advantage of a very, very strong defensive end class where they're going to probably be slapped in the face with guys that are at the top of their board uh, in rounds two, three, and four, maybe even later. But Pascal also doubles as a guy that will kick inside and will rush from inside and be very, very dangerous there. So he's the guy that's going to kick in and maybe it's, you know, him and BJ Hill, maybe it's him and Sam Hubbard and like a NASCAR package. We got four ends out there with Joseph Asai and Trey Hendrickson being the edge guys. I think that makes a lot of sense in terms of where I wanted to make sure he passed the averages and the thresholds. They typically draft a defensive end that's 6'4", 266 with 33 inch arms. He's just under 6'3", 268 with just under 33 inch arms. Average is 4.77 for the 40. He ran a 4.77. Now, he did not do his agility t- drills because I think he would have looked like a defensive tackle in those. The Bengals typically don't care about agility too much for their ends. They like the power, straightforward type rushers, uh, the Carl Lawson types, the Sam Hubbard types, uh, even the Marcus Hunts, the James' favorite player, and, and Will Clarks. Those guys were of the same ilk, and I think they they would you know, go with that. Maybe the most athletic guys they have now are obviously a Trey Hendrickson and a Joseph Osai. I think Pascal fits in what they – used to have and would be a good rotation with those guys at the end also um other than that though he's also nails almost what they normally draft for production he's in the 68th percentile normally they draft in the 63rd percentile for average uh he looks like a a very very good starter to a very good uh rotational depth piece and i think he would play a lot as a rookie I just want to don't, throw out that Don't Sam you put Hubbard, that evil on me. No, don't you put the Marcus that evil Hunt? on me with the Marcus Hunt comment. That nonsense. A quick five-second story. Marcus Hunt one time. I asked Marcus Hunt uh, after he had become a bust. Hey, man, can I get you up for a few minutes? This dude blew me off in the Bengals locker room. I'm never going to forgive him for that, Marcus Hunt. Sam Hubbard had a 97th percentile three cone, by the way. People, <laughs> people love to forget that Sam Hubbard tested like a bendy freak. Just no speed. He did not run a 40 at all. Right. So do you think, so So you don't think the Bengals care that he skipped his agility testing? Eh, I think he would probably go a little bit higher if he tested like an, an, a bendy, you know, one of those guys, but he's not. So I don't think when a guy isn't and he wins a certain way, I don't think teams care. Anybody else tempt you in the second round, third round? No, I was... It would have been Leal and, you know, guys like Perry and Winfrey, but I kind of, when I traded back only four spots, I had a target of taking Pascal there and he was still there. So I, I kind of lucked out. If, if fallback would have been a Winfrey. Yeah. Pascal. Uh, no, I, I think a lot of our listeners are going to like that pick. And now they've addressed dress corner and the defensive line, maybe not the guy that they, you know, most were hoping for, but still you get one of them. So What do you have with your second now third round pick since you didn't have a second rounder because you traded down? So we've gone defense, defense, right? We've gone uh, corner and defensive end. Guy will kick inside as well. And I'm going defense. I can't for you. I know you want that. Going defense again. And we're taking safety Nick Cross, one of the youngest players in this draft, especially at safety. Uh, Nick Cross right now. (laughs) The thing with the Bengals at safety is probably their most or strongest player profile in terms of production they love the productive safeties like they do not draft a a non-productive safety at all 89th 
percentile for average of safeties drafted since 2011. Excludes guys like Robert Sands, George Iloka, Sean Williams, obviously Jesse Bates, Brandon Wilson. Uh, and there was a couple other guys that I'm forgetting that were depth guys. Point being is they were all like 80, Clayton Fedulin won. I think he was the lowest at 81st percentile for production. They he want a rounder too. I know, right? Like they value guys that are getting mixed into the plays. Uh, Cross though tested like a, a a really really athletic dude at four three three forty. I mean that's not something they normally can find. It's not something you normally find anyways. So the upside there as a twenty one year old that has the athleticism tested in the ninety almost 99th percentile for res. I mean we're talking about high upside there. I thought he was okay on tape. Like there's guys like if you want to ask about. Uh, Cooks from Cincinnati, probably better on tape. I had this question exactly today about the two of them. I just think they're two different kind of guys where one's got more upside and is much younger and obviously tested, makes him a much cleaner and stronger prospect. Uh, Cross also in, in for uh, production is in the 86 percentile. It turns out Duke Tobin has a bit of a track record for drafting on the younger end of things too. I don't yeah. know if you guys saw that earlier this week. There was uh, one of those, you know, X, Y axis kind of grids and Duke Tobin, not extremely, extremely young, but one of the younger drafters in terms of the age he targets in the draft. I think the average player of the Bengals draft is just over 22 years old. Yeah, it wasn't like the Browns that were at like 20 years old. Yeah. So so when I asked him if age mattered and he said, no, it doesn't matter. They're just not going to draft any 40 year olds. He wasn't being genuine that that. Damn it, Duke. He got me like three times last week. Obviously, I didn't believe him for those that can't see my face on YouTube. But uh, yeah, got me a few times. Same thing on that chart, though. They were above average for age or in terms of youth and uh, athleticism. So they will take young athletes. So all else fails, take the most athletic youngest guy there if you can't you know, figure out who to pick in your mock. But it's not consistent. Like they don't no. always do that late in drafts specifically. And you look at just last year with the testing for Trey Hill and for Tyler Shelvin, you go back to Andre Smith. There, there are plenty of examples throughout their history of them ignoring Tate. athletic testing. Auden Tate, sure. I mean, he moved like Joe. Uh, spoiler oh. alert, James. Anyway. Uh, spoiler we'll, what? We'll, we'll, we'll find out later. Let's do one more pick. We've had this conversation. That's why you're giving them a spoiler, aren't you? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Oh, <laughs> really? name will I... come up later in this show. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. Look at that. Yeah, I, we're we're going to talk I missed about the pre. It. I missed the pre-show meeting here on Locked on Bengals. So, uh, <laughs> you know, we DM. That was just let's... me making fun of Joe for being slow for those that are, aren't aware. Sorry, Auden. Let's do, uh, let's do one more pick here, Joe, in the fourth round at 136. Staying put with this one. Which direction yeah. did you? I uh, took another player. Just we, We've had two of the same players. So if you listen to the podcast yesterday where, where Jake did his, uh, this is the other guy. And it's because Jake and I have talked about it. He brought him up a while ago, and we were talking about guys that kind of, what's the profile of tight end you want to draft in the mid-rounds? So you want a guy that's athletic, has some decent size, has been productive, and you just rolled the dice on that because that's really your chance of hitting a guy. Um, and when I went to do the thresholds and do the averages, a few years ago when I was writing for the athletic and I came away with, okay. And I did this for the first time writing the the averages. I, I drew sample spit out as this is the most type of tight end. The Bengals draft is drew sample. And I was like, okay, sixth <laughs> round, I'll put them in my mock of like, you know, using this method. Uh, and this year when I, I messaged uh, Jake back when, when I'm going, when I'm doing these, I'm like, man, the most, cause he goes Daniel Bellinger spoiler. 
he goes Daniel Bellinger a few weeks ago when we we're talking on the podcast. And then I'm like, man, most average tight end they, they draft spits him out. It's Daniel Bellinger out of San Diego State. And so I went and watched him after that. Uh, you know, I, we watched him a little bit before, watched him again. And I'm like, yeah, I can see it. And I can see the upside. The guy is a decent athlete. Uh, he's got good size to him. He's almost exactly nailing perfectly their averages, uh, which is 6'5", 253. He's 6'5", 253. Uh, he normally is about 33 and a half inch arms. He has 32 and a half inch arms. They normally take a 4.71. He's a 4.63, so he's a little bit faster. Three cone, 7.15 is what they normally take. He was a 7.05 shuttle. He's a 4.43. He's a 4.47. And bench 22. He did a 22 vertical, 33. Did a 34. So he's like nailing it completely all the way down. Uh, I'm just shouting numbers at you guys. But the point is, he looks exactly like what they normally take. And that's a fine roll of the dice in the fourth round. I have a question for you about Daniel Bellinger, and I will get to that after I talk about the number one protein bar on the planet. Built Bar, if you haven't got one yet, well, you need to, and you need to get more than one. You need to get a bunch of them because think of a protein bar covered in 100% chocolate that tastes great, that's high in protein, that's low in sugar, that's low in calories, that's perfect for you or Daniel Bellinger or Joe Goodberry or Jake Lisko. Well, that's what Built Bars are, and that's why you need to get to Built.com. Check out all the different flavors, including their puffs, which are protein-infused marshmallows that are covered in chocolate that taste amazing, that are also going to give you the protein punch you're looking for. Check them out, Built.com. Use promo code LOCK15. You'll get 15% off your order. Again, for 15% off, go to Built.com and use promo code LOCKED15. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Joe, let us uh, let me get to this really important, super important question about Daniel Bellinger. Is he or is he not an upgrade from Drew Sample? Because you you, you spit out this whole theory or, or, theor- or, or what would be the word? Um, yeah, theorem. This theorem to, to basically show the tight end and what tight end they would potentially draft. And the last time you did it, you got the pick right. They got the pick wrong with Drew Sample in round two. So would Daniel Bellinger be an instant upgrade, you think, and and take over that tight end two spot behind Hayden Hurst? Well, to be fair, I had them taking Sample in the sixth round. If they would have done that, we'd have no problem with it. We'd be like, oh, great. You know, um, yeah, you're you're you aren't wrong. They were. That's right. right. Just to clarify. So putting Bellinger in the fourth round, I think it's fine. Like you look at his PFF scores in the mid 60s. I think the same. It's low 60s for blocking. So they don't think he played that well. And it's at it's San Diego State. So who are they really playing? I think his tape is fine. I think his highlights are good. So that flashes. It's kind of we talked before the show. Like we were like Travis Kelsey at Cincinnati. Was he even that good? And it's kind of you just want to take those athletic guys with the good production and develop them because they're not going to be good tight ends until they're 25, 26, 27 years old when they, you know, reach their physical peaks. Uh, So yeah, could he be a better pick than Drew Sample? Of course. Uh, He's at least got the production. Sample had no chance based on history, looking at production. He had no chance of ever becoming a number one type tight end. It was Will Disley 
was the the best case scenario upside that we talked about after they drafted. And Will Disley just got paid, so good for him. Uh, But Daniel Bellinger, also a team captain, fun fact, according Mm. to Dane Brugler's draft guide, The Beast. One of the many tidbits included there. This is a very valuable tool, of course. We had Dane on the show, what, last week now, was it? Yep, last week. Team captain, Daniel Bellinger. So probably bump him up on the Bengals board as well. Anyone else you considered at 136? Were there any other tight ends? Was Charlie Kohler there? And if so, did, you, did does he fit? See, I wasn't going to go Bellinger first in the fourth round here, but the run of tight ends happened. And yeah. Ruckert went end of the second, and then it was like Kohler, and Cole Turner went right before me. And I don't know that I would have had Cole Turner higher in terms of, at this point, I was trying to nail the average Bengal pick or at least get close as, you know, as the draft falls off, it's harder to find those guys. Uh, so I kind of was always thinking like Bellinger, if I can get him at the top of the fifth round with that trade back option. And then when the run at tight end happened, I, I thought you're not going to get a guy that you think has tight end one upside after this. He's the last guy. Take him now. All right. So let's move on to, we got two fifth round picks. So mm-hmm. now it's interesting. A couple picks to talk about. Who did you pick with that first fifth round selection? So the first one, this is now early fifth. I took Thomas Booker, defensive tackle out of Stanford. Uh, Booker is a guy that tested really well. He's got decent production, 80th percentile. He fits a lot of the averages. He also fits, in my opinion, how the Bengals have kind of drafted the three tech the last few years. And that's not that's really not a good thing. Guys like Marcus Hardison and Renell Wren, guys that had the athleticism profile that maybe could have developed into it. When you watch him on tape, you're like, does this guy know, is he a natural football player? Is he naturally explosive? Is he nat- keep his natural pad level down? A lot of things with Booker, he just comes away with, man, you should have been much better, uh, more productive, and even you know flashier on tape and, and bigger splash plays. He's got upside because he's got, he checks a lot of the boxes. Uh, just there's a reason why he's still there in round five. I, I think even one guy I think of is Andrew Brown as well. He, he was someone I really liked. But, you know, at the same time, is like he played a lot of five-tech, will we'll kick inside, play some three-tech. So I think he has a role on this defensive line. He will back up three-tech right now and B.J. Hill. I think he can do a little bit of five-tech stuff now. Is he a better interior pass rusher than Pascal right away? Probably not, but he's more of a developmental pick to see. I wanted to get a true D-tackle because that depth chart is really, really bad. And to be honest, it's him and probably the guy everyone's taking right now. If I don't take him, it's Curtis Brooks in the fifth, sixth, seventh round. And he's a two-time team captain. Again, mm. from the Dane Brugler draft guide, The Beast. You can find it on theathletic.com. A lot of free advertising for Dane. Would you rather have Thomas Booker or Curtis Brooks at this pick? You know, it's funny. Our grading, it spits out like Booker, like, yeah, he's worth a fine shot in the role in the mid-round there, where like where Brooks is like, hey, maybe you should listen to all the people that don't have him ranked. That's kind of what brings him down a little bit. I'd rather Brooks. I think when I watch him on tape, he looks like a guy that's going to become a, a starter and maybe potentially a good starter. Uh, so like if it was just me, I'd be like, hey, guys, you guys got to take Brooks. Well, hopefully they listen to you because I'm – Team Brooks, naturally, he's a Bearcat, and it would be nice if at least one Bearcat would stick around in Cincinnati. Who'd you take with that second round or second, fifth round selection? So this is where I finally get an offensive lineman, help out, you know, this, this unit and get a little bit there. And you it's, know, what? it's actually a it's center about damn time, Joe. Yeah, I know, I know. I could feel you the whole time. Like, where's the receiver? Where's the O line, Joe? And and I feel you. It, it didn't work out. There was a few guys like Cole Strange who I think fit Logan Bruss. Uh, who I thought 
fits a lot of their tackle stuff that may be a guard in the NFL. And they've drafted a lot of those guys. It's kind of a hard to pinpoint, you know, sometimes uh, like a Hakeem Adenogy should probably be a tackle, but I've got him listed at guard because the Bengals keep listing, you know, keep playing him at guard. So it kind of ruins the averages a little bit, but at center, the guy who nails it really for them. And they like to, Jake was right. They like to spend that fourth, fifth round pick on a center. A lot of times uh, up until the Billy Price recency, uh, I took Donovan West out of Arizona state. And he's a guy, I think, wouldn't be surprised if he goes like late third round, to be honest with you. I wouldn't be surprised if he's gone before the Bengals are even picking that third round. Wouldn't be surprised if, you know, it, it's right after that, or even if the Bengals picked him in the third. I think he fits a lot of what they would like to do. I think he's going to be a, a zone blocking center uh, that should be a solid starter, if not a good starter. And he fits a lot of everything that he comes away with. He's, he's a 70th percentile athlete. Normally in the interior offensive line, they take a 68th percentile athlete. Uh, he is 6'3", 296, a little bit under on the weight, but again, we're in the fifth round here, so I, I'm letting one thing slip. Is tend, uh, That's tend to be how the Bengals draft is one thing doesn't hit, whether it's arm length or speed or agility, and we're getting to that point now where they start to bypass a little bit of the threshold and see the value. I Donovan West still being there uh, was great for me because he was a target of mine, but I was okay with losing him because there's a couple other offensive linemen I would have went with. Dame Brugler, not Dame Brugler, sorry. Brandon Thorne of Bleacher Report and uh, what, what's his substat called? His offensive line dedicated substat. Trench Warfare or something? Trench Warfare, that's right. Has Donovan West graded as a late third, early fourth round grade. He's higher on Donovan West than many of the other boards, consensus boards. For example, also really noteworthy while we're talking about Brandon's work Marquise Hayes for him comes out as interior offensive lineman number four Whew. so that's a guy that I have my eye on personally later in the draft but I don't know if the Bengals will feel the same way they often don't and Brandon is very unafraid to diverge from consensus so just a couple notes there about Donovan West and one of my late round guys Marquise Hayes Joe who else did you consider with this pick, you mentioned you had some other offensive linemen that potentially you would take. Is that at this pick or was it earlier? No, it was around this pick. A couple of guys that just uh, were closer or, or went in the in the in the picks around there. Uh, Lasita Smith, um, Logan Bruss went just before this. What a guy he would have been the guy I probably would have liked to have take Alec Lindstrom as well. A uh, guy that could play tackle, guard, or center, I think. He's probably not a tackle in the NFL, probably guard or center. But um, the versatility, of, I was looking for guys that could be multiple uh, position players. Smith, another one of those guys that Brandon Thorne very high on, has a solid third round grade on him. Let's get to the sixth round, Joe, and the Auden Tate pick, the guy that we were discussing last night as hitting a lot of the Bengals' thresholds, but running a little bit like Auden Tate. Yeah, and he's the youngest receiver in this class, at least on, on our, like on our sheet. Tate. Yeah, like Auden Tate was. So that's typically, if you're going to get a guy that doesn't perform or test, I should say, as well as you would hope, it's going to be a guy, it's got to be a guy that's young. You can't take a guy that's 23 and doing that. It's got to be the 20-year-olds, the 21-year-olds, and hoping that it's just because they're not physically mature yet and they're going to get much better. So leading to that, he tested pretty poorly, uh, 49th percentile for a wide receiver, which most of this class tested above that. Here's the thing, too. Jake, I know you ran into this. It is hard to pinpoint a receiver for the Bengals after like round two. Like even Alec Pierce in round two doesn't hit all the agility stuff. It seems like the Bengals like the agility numbers to hit. And he didn't hit that. He's close. I think they could bypass a few of that or, you know, fudge the number a little bit for him and, and like him. But after that, it gets really weird for a strong receiver class. 
they're not typically the Bengals type. And you get a lot of guys later that don't have the breakout age. Are the Bengals going to bypass that? They typically do not. Uh, looking at breakout age, average for them is 66 percentile. 83% is the threshold for anyone under over 50. So if you're under 50, chances of that that they're going to draft you are pretty slim. They've only done it a couple times. Guys like Kobe Hamilton, Ryan Whalen, talking six-round picks. So I would have considered it here because we're in that spot. But Makai Polk, getting to him, getting to the final pick, finally. But he's is very similar on take because he's one of the big dudes, young dudes. 6'3", 195. Uh, Again, when you watch him, because I flipped him on reflex because I wanted to see, he's making a lot of those contested grabs. He ran a four, five, six. So he doesn't have the speed. He's not a speed threat. He's not going to be a guy that, to do that. Honestly, I just picked it because he had young production. The 88th percentile for the breakout age is one of the highest in this class, and to still be able to get it in the sixth round, it is the Auden Tate pick. It's why they picked Tate. I think he fit the profile. Didn't Tate run like a four, seven, though? Like, wasn't oh. it much? Like, like it was slow. And he was so, 230. Yeah. It, so yeah, that so that's or true. Two twenty or something. Yeah, but yeah, two twenty eight. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm on board here with that, right? Like it's four or five, but he is young. He's not. He's not even twenty one yet. So I, you know, you could take him out for a beer if he scores a touchdown or something. I would want a better receiver. This is good. This guy should potentially be the fourth receiver. There's two things I didn't get when I get to the. I go get a couple more picks here, but I didn't get the return guy. Spoiler alert for the last two picks. And I didn't get a better fourth receiver. It was difficult, man. I wanted to hit some of these positions, and I came away like, you know what? You can't fill every hole. You kind of got to get players you think can be end up being good players because your holes this year are not going to be your holes in December, and they're not going to be your holes next year. Yeah, it's yeah. really hard to fill all the buckets. And that's what I wonder because you're right. They're not going to fill them all. Even if they trade down and people are like, trade down, do this, do that, you'll be able to fill everything. Well, whatever. They're going to have to address something with a veteran. And I wonder what that's going to be. Does that end up being three tech because it's a shallow draft? Does it end up being that fourth receiver spot with a guy who could come in and play meaningful snaps and playoff games if needed? You know, it's it's going to be interesting to see. Or Quentin Spain, of course, sure. still hanging out. And a, a guy that I think a lot of Bengals fans would like to see back. Let's get through the seventh round here, Joe. A couple more guys, including one that I almost picked, but didn't. Oh, really? in the seventh round, but you've got two seventh round picks. Where did I know you go? which one it was. <laughs> I you went know. first. It's the first one. It. Oh, really? So yeah. I, I went back to Arizona state. You got double dip at one school, at least one time in your, uh, in your draft, if you're the Bengals and we're taking Jack Jones, the corner. I think the Bengals had contact or, or meeting lately with him. Yeah, uh, and we're, we're talking sixth, seventh round type guy, but he actually he's got a decent profile. He, he's probably going to be later. Cause he's, under 5'11", he's 177 pounds, which both are a little bit lower than what the Bengals want. Uh, but again, seventh round is when they're going to do that. Uh, he ran a 4'5'2", which is fine. Again, we talked about this with with uh, with Elam. I'm not Elam, with uh, Kyler Gordon. Decent agility drills with a 6'93 cone. Their average is a 6'96". Their average at shuttle is a 4'22". He ran a 4'13". So he's got the agility, but he's got the production also. He's got 73rd percentile. When you start to get to these end guys... A lot of them don't have the production at the collegiate level. They normally take a guy, like we said, in the 61st percentile. So hitting that mark there at the end, uh, he could end up being your fourth guy, fifth guy. So I, I think that's a fine seventh-round pick. Yeah, and it is going to be interesting just off the field-wise in general. We've mentioned the captain stuff. Jake has this show. We, we've seen that. Do they go a little riskier here? And I know Jones has had some stuff off the field. We've talked about it with Devontae Wyatt, too. Do they go that route? And, and maybe later with a guy like Jones, who to me, he is older too, but 
if he didn't have all that off the field stuff, probably wouldn't be a seventh rounder. Might move up a bit, but he's got a lot of off the field baggage. Yeah, and that's why he's still there. And then the other pick I went with a punter, and this is the one you thought he was going to take, right? And right, go with Ryan Stonehouse. So go with uh... no. I I I actually thought it would be Jack Jones. Oh, all right. <laughs> then you were correct. <laughs> Jake would never take a punter. Jake is well, never going to take a punter. Well, he's anti-punter. It's almost is, uh, Mr. Irrelevant. That's where I'm okay with it. Yeah, you're right. You're very close. We should. That would be fun to have a Mr. Relevant eventually pick. Man, we haven't had that. Have, have the Bengals ever had Mr. Relevant? I, I don't they, think so. I think they did. Maybe well, I, I make know. this up entirely. I'm going to look into it while you talk. It would about be, it. be a trade if they did, right? No, because it's comp picks back or there. Or comp pick. Yeah, it'd be a comp pick, yeah. Right, okay. so you could conceivably get that. Anyways, uh, Mike Sands, he's been championing Ryan Stonehouse from Colorado State a whole bunch. As being the contrarian he is, where he's like, yeah, you don't need Matt Areza. You need uh, Ryan Stonehouse. So, Which seems like a fine punter, honestly. You, sure. He seems like a draftable punter. And we're here in the seventh round. He's still there. It wasn't my plan, actually. And then I'm looking who's left. I'm like, yeah, yeah, why not? Go ahead, Ryan Stonehouse. So I took it very seriously. The Bengals had a Mr. Relevant in 1968, which is not Ooh. what uh, it was. It was before it Mr. was like ceremonialized as Mr. Relevant. And it's not the year that I was thinking of, but they did have a Mr. Relevant, a last player picked in the draft. 1968 was their first draft. Oh, there you go. Because it's been 22 you rounds. The first two. and last pick in every <laughs> round, right? 17th round is this one? 17th? Okay, yeah. so 17 rounds. Oh, either way. Yeah, because there's like 400 plus players picked back in the day. 462. Pick 462. Could you imagine Joe Goodberry having to, to break down, you know, you think about watch... that. If, if the draft was twice as long. The NFL films where they talk about the draft, how it used to be back in the day where they were draft kids and like you're like your mailman and things like that just for fun in those late rounds. Like seriously, like they were, they were like, really? yeah, draft this guy. Oh yeah. Damn. That is and interesting. I don't I've think I've been working were... out too. And I've been on the built bar day. So you're saying if it was like 15 rounds, I'd have a shot. Yeah. In 1965, you would have been average sized around that time. Anyways, dude, in 1965, I would have starting receiver, bro. Come on now. Right. Running back. Uh, a bunch of guys that first slot receiver in NFL history would have been that I think, um, wide receiver wise just i want to go back to yesterday's show for a second and we, we you felt like you missed on receiver returner i blanked on a bunch of guys that were potential fourth round picks yesterday one of them i did talk about romeo dobbs from nevada but there's no indication that the Bengals are interested there and he didn't test but he was a returner i tried to stay away from returner. the guys that didn't test because yeah. i couldn't you know correlate i was trying to hit the guys that they would normally pick right and so the the other guys are kyle phillips the slot most likely slot only guy from ucla Tyquan Thornton from Baylor and Bo Melton from Rutgers. And I think did Melton return or am I confused yeah. about no, that? I think he didn't, but the, all these oh, guys want like the fourth round, right? They're yeah. fourth round guys. So that's yeah. where if the, if the Bengals want one of these guys, and I think all these guys hit most, if not all of the Bengals thresholds, this is where the, these are some names that I would look at besides Dobbs, who I only look at as a, as a profile fit. And I think I've if they trade down, it's it's going to make it much easier to hit one of those wide receivers because then they'd have that late round three pick. They could have their pick of the litter there, or if they only trade down a couple spots and get a fourth, maybe they get a shot at one of those guys. I've got an either or for you guys, okay? Oh, fourth oh. round, yeah, okay. Fourth round, game. you get one of the last receivers that you like that can help return. This could be like a Bo yeah. Melton, or you can get the last tight end that you like. Which way are you going? I'm going Bo Melton. Who's the tight end? Like, like, is it Bellinger? 
Right, Bellinger or Cole Turner. I think those are the two guys. I think I would go the wide receiver there because it's more, to me, it feels like more of a roll of the dice on the tight end. Although Bellinger being 21 and a half, mm-hmm. being, being really young and having that athletic upside is really tempting because, you know, we've talked about this for years, Joe. You, you Dawson Knox and, and all yeah. these late, you know, early day three athletic tight ends. I want one that hits for the Bengals. That would be very fun. That would be fun. I think I would lean tight end. And I think because the chance of getting one that, you know, can maybe be a difference maker is that more valuable. But I got to say, I regretted not being able to get that receiver in this draft. It's like a lottery ticket versus it's like it's like a hundred thousand dollar lottery ticket versus a ten thousand dollar lottery ticket. Mm -hmm. It's kind of what you're talking about in the receiver versus tight end thing in the fourth round. To me, there's there's more upside if you hit the tight end that turns into the next name your favorite low round tight end who turned into a good player so it's it's interesting yeah i mean it is i i just to me they got really lucky with health with their big three at receiver they have to be four deep this year and have someone that they're semi-confident in that can replace tyler boyd for not two games with higgins but five games who can help alleviate that so i mean you could say oh well if you draft another tight end you can change things that way i get that but but I would I would lean receiver. Receiver feels so top heavy to me this year. In this class, like first two rounds, and then get him in the I first don't two. Then baby, really Let's want Jamison Williams, thirty one. Let's do it, Joe. I guess we'll talk about. He's going to be long gone. I, I don't know. Now he's going to miss half the year, according to thing. I don't know, man. Oh man, he's he's thin. I don't. I actually don't know if they would love Jamison Williams. Such I would have to drama. look at Anyway, we'd have to we'd have to visit the profile. And he doesn't come out super high in our system, which is interesting because he's on Alabama. And I think we, we've we learned something about these Alabama receivers a little bit. Jalen Wada was the yep. same way, same, same deal for Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson, where when there's like five NFL wide receivers on your team, it starts to eat into some of the, some of the numbers a little bit. Never test. I mean, he, should, he would be a 99 percentile. I mean, he would get bumped right. up. Right. That would help. He was very real productive. quick. J- just to go over uh, Joe's picks real quick before we end it. Kyer Elam in round one, Josh Pascal round two uh, or round three, excuse me, because he traded down five picks. Uh, that's the third pick of the third round. Nick Cross to, to cap off round three, Daniel Bellinger round four, round five has two fifth round picks. Thomas Booker out of Stanford, Donovan West, Shout out offensive linemen. It's about time, Joe. Wait, back to back offensive line or offensive players with Makai Polk out of Mississippi State at wide receiver. And then Jack Jones, double J, Arizona State, and Ryan Stonehouse, team punter out of Colorado State, is the 31st pick of the seventh round. I think Ryan Stonehouse is Dane Brugler's third highest graded punter in this class. So hopefully there's some other some other punters punter picked. Matt Areza, Jordan Stout, Jake Camarda. Man, he's sixth for Dane Brugler, Joe. Okay, here I got another one for you what guys. A reach. Oh, the over-under for Matt Areza is at 117. I want no part of it. Over. That's fourth round, early fourth yeah, round. That's He's going to go over. Teams aren't mean, that dumb. What does later, over mean? Later. Uh, over is in a higher pick, which means later in the – yeah, later in the re- – sorry. Yeah. So later in the day, how you know, mm-hmm. higher pick. That's weird. It, maybe it's lower. It's a lower pick. <laughs> Dropping down, drops down the board. You maybe could just say later, and then you don't have to worry about any of it. Later in the draft. 
either way, Areza, fifth round, Bengals, I hope so. Um, Joe, what would make you maddest in this draft? If it ended up like this? Really? You don't like you don't like your draft? No, no, no. I was asking. If you mean out of this draft, what would make me the the, the maddest? It was it would be that I didn't get that receiver in return, man. It, it really, you know, I do. I'm I'm with you guys. I think the fourth receiver. There was a study done last year about the value of the number one receiver, and we talked about it when we were talking about why get, taking Jamar Chase makes sense. But that study also said the equal to getting that guy is the strength of your number two, three, and four receiver. So once you have that number one, great. You need a two, three, and four to maximize the number one because they will, because now teams are going to try and defend that guy. So you need that Andrew Hawkins as the fourth. You need that guy that's going to be able to come in and do some things and, and, you know, really elevate when you need that guy to play. And they're missing it. So, I mean, like we were always harping on receiver because, like, we, we feel like they, you never have enough. You never have enough. But again, we don't feel like they have enough. Remember when Man, the they could find Andrew Hawkins in round four, like prime Hawk, I'd be. Excited. That's that's this the Phillips kid from UCLA. Or if one Wondell. of these five eight guys, Wandale Robinson falls. Yeah. Wandale Robinson, if they want to draft a guy that's five eight, hits everything else they love. Yeah. Um, I forget the other thing I was going to say. So we'll wrap up the show here. Joe will be back tomorrow. We'll have a four-panel show with Mike at Bengals underscore Sands. We'll talk more about the things that will make Joe cringe, make Joe happy, make Mike cringe, make Mike happy as the draft is set to get kicked off, kicked off on Thursday. Until next time, Bengals fans, that's going to do it for this episode of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Who day and have a good one. If you're looking for the most comprehensive NFL draft coverage this offseason, look no further than the Locked On NFL Scouting Podcast. Join the draft dudes, Kyle Krabs and Joe Marino, as they go position by position through the NFL free agent class and into the star-studded crop of college stars who will be selected in the 2024 NFL Draft. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.